0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Urban Health Podcast, keeping busy people healthy. Today, we have the honor of having Dr. Sarah McNeilis on the podcast. Dr. McNeillis has her own private sleep clinic and uh, it's called Sleep and Health in London, where she treats patients with insomnia, sleep apnea, and a whole range of sleep conditions. She is a clinical lead consultant for the sleep service at the Royal National Throat, Nose and Ear Hospital at UCLH. Dr. McNeilis, thank you so much for coming on today. You're welcome. So why did you take an interest in sleep and what conditions do you cure? Well, I took an interest in sleep because I had a background in anaesthesia, which is a drug induced sleep. Um, but in
1: addition, I also spent a lot of uh, time um, awake doing night shifts. So I wanted to explore and understand how natural sleep and sleep disorders affect um, people. And I believe that this is because sleep is the oldest process um, that we seem to uh, put a second. As a second sort of um, option, mm-hmm. and uh, and I wanted to try and um, see if there were any, there was anything I can do to improve sleep. And I enjoy helping patients to regain their quality of life having lost sleep. The conditions that we tend to uh, look at most often is snoring and sleep apnea. These are by far the most common sleep conditions that we treat. Um, in addition, the, we do treat insomnia which can result in long-term sleep um,
0: problems. Yes. Well, that's interesting that you say that we consider it second. Uh, I think in a fast-paced, busy London lifestyle, uh, we have one client in particular who works for an investment bank and he only sleeps three hours a night um, after a long day in the office and – a a heavy drinking session afterwards. I don't know how he does it. Why does sleeping well matter?
1: Well, sleep is actually the oldest biological process that we have. It's even been shown in little um, one-cell organisms. And and the reason is it's very important for these cells to regenerate and um, regenerate their energy levels. And if one cell needs sleep, and obviously if we have more cells such as us, Human bodies. We all need more enough sleep to regenerate ourselves.
0: And uh, how does
1: obesity affect sleep? Well, obesity impacts on the um, overall structure of the neck and the soft tissues within the head, and this causes increase in snoring and can exacerbate um, the snoring um, loudness level and the the intensity and the frequency. And uh, it also Can predispose people to get sleep apnea, which will have adverse health um, effects on the bodies. We advocate that you should maintain your body mass index below 25 um, Mm -hmm. in order to prevent a worsening of any particular
0: snoring uh, that you may already have. Yes, and also stress. Stress tends to affect sleep quite heavily as well. How does stress affect sleep?
1: Stress has a bi directional uh, relationship to sleep. Stress increases our wakefulness and uh, prevents us being able to get off to sleep. This is due to the stress-related hormones that we release, and they are uh, used in the brain to keep us awake. Meanwhile, chronic sleep deprivation increases our stress hormone levels and has adverse impacts on our immune system. And so, therefore, if we have chronic sleep deprivation, it can increase our stress levels and worsen our ability to fight infection.
0: That's interesting. And also alcohol affects our sleep uh, patterns also. Are there other foods and drinks we should be mindful of? Indeed, yes. I'm, I'm very interested to note your executive
1: who only uh, uses alcohol to get off to sleep and stays uh, sleep three hours. This is a particular uh, effect of alcohol because alcohol uh, reduces uh, the time that we take to get off to sleep, but it worsens our sleep quality and reduces the amount of time we actually spend asleep. sleep. Uh, it shortens, shortens our um, overall sleep and worsens, uh, increases the um, likelihood of getting a poor um, amount of sleep overall. Whereas chronic alcohol also in, uh, causes a reduction in sleep in a more insidious way. There are many other foods that we need to try and uh, be mindful of when considering good maintaining or uh, trying to achieve good quality sleep. High caffeine intake. Well, caffeine is known to counteract sleep. It counteracts sleep by affecting one of the main sleep processes. Um, Studies have shown that the caffeine uh, taken approximately three hours before bedtime will have the greatest effect on sleep. And this will increase the time it takes for us to get off to sleep and reduce the overall time we spend asleep. The other things that we may want to consider are food substances a high carbohydrate meal will have a more soporific effect on sleep and whereas increased um, substances such as uh, foods such as cheese uh, will increase a substance which may result in increased uh, vivid or
0: dreams or nightmares so it is Maybe. true it, we'll, we'll, so it is sorry. true that yeah. it is true that if you have cheese you have nightmares it's not just a. it's just not just a myth it's true there
1: is a possi- there is a possibility. It releases a hormone that can, uh, can that can um, alter um, the um, sleep process. But it is doesn't have, it, it doesn't mean it will always occur. It occurs in patients who are subset or people who are susceptible to this. I see.
0: Uh,
1: the other thing that I wanted to mention was the smoking, because a lot of people would want to know about how does smoking affect sleep. Well, we know that studies show that smoking also affects sleep. they found that smoking can increase the time we take to get off to sleep, and it reduces deep sleep. It is also common for smokers to have um, poorer quality of sleep due to a number of times they awaken without knowing fully awakening. We call those arousals. They have an increased number of arousals in sleep.
0: That's interesting. Yes. Uh, Well, I think um, a lot of people start uh, their health journey with us in order to lose, uh, lose weight, lose body fat, and in the process, as they start exercising and eating better, they start to get rid of of alcohol and smoking and caffeine. As a result, and um, yeah, that's very that's very helpful. Thank you. And it's a question we get asked a lot because our clients are so busy. the rather city executives or time poor entrepreneurs, they ask us, "How can I sleep less but sleep better? If money was no object, how do we improve the quality of the sleep to the max for minimal time?" This will, this will maybe go into polyphasic sleep. I'm not sure or pre bed routines. What what do what what suggestions do we have for somebody who wants to hack their sleep? Well,
1: I have to say that we have. Uh a sleep is divided into is is divided into cycles. We have dream state sleep and non dream state sleep. Each cycle um, lasts anything between 90 minutes to 120 minutes. We need three to four cycles to function effectively. So, in order to uh, curtail sleep or maximize your sleep, I would say you will have to um, make sure that you tailor your sleep to what you need and make and make sure you don't. Could shorten the amount of sleep cycles you need because what happens is that sleep builds up; it's a debt. A loss of sleep will eventually catch up with you, because sleep has two processes. And what we would say is that in order to get maximize your sleep, you need to uh, um, allow one of your processes to function effectively, and that means avoiding naps. Um, I know that you mentioned polyphasic sleep. Polyphasic sleep is uh, sleeping more than one episode over 24 hours, but we need to avoid naps in order to make sure process functions effectively. And caffeine often counteracts this process. There is another process, process C, which is our circadian and biological rhythm. This allows means that we need to use sleep at the correct time. Our biological rhythms follow um, the uh, pattern the biological rhythms basically um, follows up a core body temperature. And sleep sleep is switched on like a switch when th- these patterns are at an optimal phase. And we are most sleepy around 2 p.m. and 2 a.m. in the morning. However, having said that, these two processes act act together, so it is important to set correct timings, regular timings. It, we have to aim to get them to eight hours per night. If we get less than six hours, we, we will... Um, Uh, succumb to a poor uh, cognitive function or or memory function, and therefore we'll need to make sure that you can catch up. Um, Polyphasic sleep really is for children up to the age of three. It doesn't work terribly well in adults um, until uh, they become elderly. Um, The other thing I would advocate to improve and aim to get maximized your sleep quality is to um, promote a good pre-bedtime routine. You need to try and encourage mental and physical relaxation. Um, mental relaxation can be done by removing all your worries and thoughts, and meditating to try and promote allow sleep to occur and not fight, not uh, allow the arousal mechanisms to counter it. We need to eat regular meals and to correct meals to make sure that we're not eating some substances that um, activate our um, wakefulness. Exercising is, is an important factor in maximising your sleep. Studies show that exercising before three hour, within three hours of bedtime will actually promote wakefulness and prevent us from being able to get to sleep. Therefore, you really should not exercise three hours before bedtime. However, the optimum time of exercising, we think, is sometime in the morning to early afternoon. Uh, food substances are important. You have to avoid foods that cause wakefulness. And uh, such as caffeine, coffee, we should, should not drink coffee um, within three hours of bedtime. Um, the pre-bed routine so means that we need to avoid strong light. And light is a suppressant of our, our sleep hormone, melatonin. And this can be suppressed with very uh, low levels of light. We need to avoid phones, laptops, iPods and TV, or wear blue light filtering glasses. And finally, I would say you need to um, try and make sure that if you cannot sleep, don't worry about sleep. Sleep is a natural process; it will occur the moment you stop worrying about
0: it. That's interesting, and uh, I really, I really like that piece on if you if you don't uh, sleep enough, not only uh, you actually start craving carbohydrates more, and it it, it does tend to affect our weight loss. Uh, programs as well and you start getting cravings so that's very interesting um and that is a very yes yes absolutely i sorry to
1: interject but that is absolutely important to say that if you don't sleep enough there are many processes will allow it will force you to eat the wrong types of food and uh you will impact on um the weight the memory function and in the immune system as well
0: yes and also i've noticed if i work out at 6 p.m it does keep me up at night and uh, it doesn't seem to affect all of my clients, but um, I prefer morning uh, exercise. Uh, I, I think I'm particularly sensitive to to not having good sleep if I do work out 6 p.m. onwards, but it doesn't seem to affect everybody the same way. And it's all about learning about your body and seeing what works for you. But, um, yeah, understanding what the processes that go on behind it is, is very helpful. So thank you for that. Um, how do we keep our new sleep plan going whilst traveling?
1: Well, traveling um, enables us uh, uh, to cross many time zones. Now, if we cross more than three time zones, then we will be affected by what we call a jet lag. A jet lag means that our bodies are stuck in the original time zone, whereas uh, we have moved to an alternative time zone. So we have to make sure that um, in terms of the time zone, we counter it by promoting sleep, in the new time zone as early as possible. So, if you know you're traveling within two to two days beforehand, you try, for example, if you are going to from uh, east to west, you would try and go to bed earlier in order to um, uh, encourage your body to adapt the new time zone quickly. And it's the converse when you go to um, from west to east. So melatonin is very good for entraining um, or, 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 or uh, fixing and helping the body to fix a good uh, rhythm with travelling
0: across the time zones. Okay, so how does melatonin work? Do we need to get that by prescription? Or? Generally in the UK, we'll need a, a melatonin by prescription. Uh, what melatonin does
1: is it, it, it um, allows our master body clock to reset to appropriate, to, um, appropriate time. When the Earth side becomes dark, which is why melatonin is only released in the dark, and so it tells the body that although our um, we wherever we are in, in in the world, we will our bodies only know what the time is by the uh, actual time cues called zeitgebers, which is melatonin re- released at night and light which hits our, um, our eyes in the morning. These two allow the bodies to fix the time, our time, to the Earth's time.
0: Mm-hmm. I see. That's, that's really interesting. Thank you. Um, how, how best are we to deal with sleep deprivation when we have newborns?
1: Well, it's important to know that newborns uh, have um, sleep up to 16 hours a day. Uh, it's very important for the newborns to have that amount of sleep because if we know that their sleep is important in their development. So, in order to um, they or uh, in order to improve our uh, functionality or, or ability to function in the daytime, uh, means that we need to actually try and mimic what the newborns do and sleep when they sleep and uh, or sleep as much as we can when they sleep, so that we can catch up on the lack of sleep in the evening. So although newborns sleep up to 16 hours a day, it tends to be that they're awake most of the night. And if we're awake most of the night, we will need to sleep in the day. So don't try and do too much around the house uh, and uh, focus on just looking after the newborn um, until they have a better sleep rhythm.
0: Interesting. And why is good quality sleep essential for longevity and body composition?
1: We know that sleep is really important to replenish energy levels in cells. We also know that sleep is important to synchronize our hormones to allow our bodies to function well. And in fact, we've now got increasing scientific evidence to show that sleep may be um, useful in helping to prevent the buildup of toxins. And these toxins may result in long-term memory um, problems. So in order to preserve memory function and in order to preserve our Bodily functions uh, such as the pan- uh, pancreas, which can result in diabetes if it is not working, we need good sleep, and I think sleep is very important to uh, try and focus on, as we have, we still don't know enough about how sleep can um, lack of sleep can impact impact on long term um, health, but we think that it can worsen um, heart disease, it can worsen. Uh, Uh, diabetes, and it can certainly worsen memory function.
0: That is so insightful. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Dr. McNeilis. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you very much for inviting me. If you would like to know that you can get better sleep than why settle for an average night's sleep, book a consultation with Dr. McNeilis on admin at sleepandhealth.org. We'll put that in the description box below. Thank you so much again. Thank you for keeping urban health, keeping busy people healthy.